for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. He would, he would pull that thread of anxiety of, oh my gosh, we might not actually get to that end goal. He would play it up. Yeah, you know, it's really tough to get into these schools now. You have to be outstanding in every way. I can help with that. And that was really appealing. Welcome back, everyone, to season two of Fraudsters. I'm Cena Gazzavi at Cena Now on social media. Justin Williams has returned for season two after a extensive contract negotiation. He did not show up to training camp. He stayed out there for for weeks on end, holding out uh, for a new contract. We were able to secure Justin Williams. For a piece of uh, chocolate cake, which he was eating today. Uh, Justin Williams is also on Instagram now. That was part of the contract negotiations as well. He accepted going on to Instagram uh, now at Justin Williams. Justin, how do you feel now that you're now that you're back on the show? I'm feeling good to be back on the show. I really miss you. I miss the fans. I missed uh, I missed this show so much. I actually joined several multi level marketing schemes. I've been selling Avon and Herbalife. Oh, this is a lot of a lot of boxes in the background there. I see. That's nice. That's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cases. <laughs> I have the Avon cologne black suede. If anybody wants that, it smells like uh, <laughs> bug spray and DDT. Oh, yeah. I love that. You know, it's fun. You're gonna have to call all your relatives to get them to buy it. That'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I've been doing that, and I've had a consulting uh, service. I'm helping Rachel Dolez out with her uh, OnlyFans. Oh, <laughs> I wonder how much bronzer she's using on those feet pics. Okay, anyways. And Justin, it's also great to have you back from Newark, New Jersey, your kingdom in Newark. And as part of that kingdom, some of your citizens are outside screaming at the top of their lungs. But <laughs> Yeah, man, we, so- I got the little kids... Uh, downstairs and they're just hitting a block of ice with a shovel and laughing <laughs> so and i'm trying to like podcast for, yeah apologies for that we're working on uh, his in-home studio <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little bit about our kids justin well, you would do anything for your child, right? Oh, yes. I would do a lot of things for my kid. I would do anything for you. <laughs> but what wouldn't Bible college official. 
<laughs> exactly right. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Rick Singer and the college admission scandal and what really parents are willing to do for their children. And, you know, I don't know if I would be willing to pay. Let's say I had infinite amount of money. I still don't know if I'd be willing to pay a bunch of money to bribe someone to help my kid get into school or to pay someone to take a test for them. And then on top of that, pay the tuition. I think the tuition is the bribe, isn't it? Yeah, especially for what they charge for tuition now. You're not getting a dollar more out of me. Yeah. Don't call me unless unless I'm trying to make a power play, unless I make so much money that I want a science center built with my name on it. That's the only way you're getting money out of me. Anything less than that kind of money, don't even don't even call me. Don't even call Justin. He's not having it. Uh, you know, uh, but it's all these kids, like these fancy country club kids and their parents that want their kids to go to like a private school, like a USC or a Yale or a Georgetown, these fancy school. But it's, it's so shocking. It's so sad. Like what? Why are they so desperate to not send their kid to a state school? What's so wrong with a state school? Well, then, you know, Cena, if you send your child with the general public, they'll intermingle with the vermin of society. Could you imagine being a junior partner at a law firm? Reprehensible. <laughs> and that, I think... You know, in in my house growing up, it was just there was not even a faintest scent of like paying for advancement. There was just hard manual intellectual labor, like being forced to memorize the entire what they called the SAT hip parade, which was like the most commonly used vocabulary words in the SATs. And I had to memorize hundreds of words. (laughs) <laughs> to get a better score on my SATs. Yeah, you're children of immigrants. Uh, so, like, you know, your life story is all about, you know, bootstraps and, like, uh, hard work <laughs> and those kinds of things. The, what we're going to be talking about is, like, the you know the life and times of the nouveau riche yeah. who feel that they can sort of purchase their way into the status of respect of old money, you know? Yeah, the people that own the company that makes the boots and the bootstraps, you know? That's what we're talking about at this point. <laughs> Or they sold the company. They, they wouldn't create the boots. I feel like the boots is old money. These people are the people who wore the boots on a sitcom or uh, created an app that sells only boots <laughs> to an insurance company or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Rick Singer, the, the man who was at the center of the Varsity Blues scandal, he's the one who saw the vulnerability in all these people. He saw the FOMO in all of them. He saw how they all wanted to send their kids to some fancy school. And he said, that I can take advantage of. Because parents universally are vulnerable people. They're a vulnerable class of people when it comes to their children. And that's all we talk about on Fraudsters. People that have been victimized financially and that are in a vulnerable situation. And even though they're very wealthy, they're still vulnerable to a fraudster like Rick Singer because he was able to pull on those strings. And one of the things we're going to talk about is how Rick Singer would help parents use what he called the side door to get people into school. (laughs) Now, the side door is for higher education, which does not be confused with the side chick, which is a different... (laughs) 
They, but side chicks often do enter through the side door. But they, you know. <laughs> and side chicks do need an education as well. Uh, but I'm sure we could cover that on a different episode. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll cover that in another episode. In another episode after we're canceled. Yeah. Uh, we'll, get, we'll get into more later. But if the front door was the common application, Justin, and the back door was Richie Rich's uncle donating a, a new wing to the physics building, we all know the front door and the back door. The side door was a fake nonprofit called The Key Worldwide. And that's where Rick Singer used to funnel money to pay for doctoring SAT and ACT tests and fabricating sports credentials for college review committees. So when he was finally arrested, right in September of 2018, Singer flipped, totally became a rat on a network of 50 parents and associates, some of whom are super high profile. We know the full house stuff, but he brought down his entire scam. And there's a lot to cover here. And so we need some help to kind of take us through all this. And since we're only armchair experts on Rick Singer here, and we're lucky enough to actually have the authors of the New York Times bestseller, Unacceptable, Jennifer Levitz and Melissa Korn. You'll hear them throughout this series to provide some really wonderful background and insight on old Ricky Sings. Uh, This series will also draw from Varsity Blues court documents, reporting from a host of outlets, and tons of interviews that we've been able to pick up along the way. Let's get right into it here. Melissa, I want to start with you. When it comes to the college admissions scandal, what is the big deal? The big deal is, it's a couple of things, I think. It's the celebrities, right? These are big names. People like to see stars fall. Uh, It's the amount of money that was thrown around in all of this. These are huge dollar figures for an average person. And also it's kind of shatters this facade we had, this image we had that college admissions was any sort of meritocracy, right? People who are kind of in that space know it's not about pure merit and who gets in is who deserves to get in. But this kind of brought it into very harsh light that it's often about who you know and how much money you have. I love that meritocracy line. I think we're going to come back to that. Jennifer, what about you? Why is this such a big deal? Well, I would, uh, I'd echo Melissa. And I think that it, um, there's, it's so, it's relatable. It makes people mad because college admissions is a big stress for families all across the United States for all kinds of reasons, whether you're trying to get into a very top school or you're trying to pay for school it becomes a big focus. It's we're told that, you know, you've got to go to college, get that four year degree to kind of move on in life. That's the that's the American story. And so here you have people coming along and just buying their way in. It just ticks people off. So I think there's a big part of that, that there's just like, what? You know, they're angry. Uh, they don't like to see it. They like to be mad. It's fun to gossip about the people who cheated. So I think that's that's part of it. The idea that it's like gossip and celebrity culture merged with this thing that every American goes through. And it's infuriating. Right. This story was on the front page of the Wall Street Journal and People magazine, right? Like it just covered everything. And there were so many angles to get into it. So how, how did you both get into this? What is your beat? Do you guys normally cover mutual funds at the Wall Street Journal? And then you came over to do this? And it's so funny you said that because when I got hired on at the, at the Wall Street Journal – 
in 2007, I was a, uh, a general assignment reporter, but actually got hired to cover mutual funds. And I even told my boss who I said, I, I said, I got to be honest, like, I don't even look at my 401k. I just feel like I'm not even qualified for this. He's like, I'm you can learn that, but I'm looking for somebody that can tell people stories and all that. I actually had to bring in like a book of, you know, how to what mutual funds, all the terms are. I put it on my desk. Um, but anyway, long story short, I'm a national reporter back to my roots for general assignment, uh, which can mean like hurricanes or deep dives on families who've had some horrible tragedy or lots of funny stories. So I got into this mainly because of location. I happened to be the Wall Street Journal's Boston Bureau, where this thing broke open on March 12th, 2019. And I am a higher ed reporter. I too have written about mutual funds on occasion in past lives. (laughs) (laughs) I used to offer pics of, this is an interesting fund, take a look at it. Uh, Again, not sure I was super qualified for that at the time. But I cover higher ed. I write a lot about college admissions. I write a lot about donations to colleges, um, the role of college athletics and all of that. So when this story broke, I was in our New York office and uh, had just turned to uh, the woman who's next to me or back when we were in offices and sat next to people. And I was like, I'm really tired. I hope today is quiet. You know, I'm really not feeling it today. And then this whole thing <laughs> just blew up and I, my, everything changed. Uh, so... With our powers combined, Jennifer's location, uh, proximity to the courthouse, uh, connections to some of the lawyers involved, and my kind of background knowledge of higher ed Mm. and being able to put it all in context, we paired up and started working together on stories for the paper and then also on the book. Jennifer, can you kind of just give me a little primer on Rick Singer, maybe more about who he was as a person, how he grew up? kind of what kind of guy he was and what he became? Yeah, uh, so Rick Singer, um, it's interesting you say point guard because Rick Singer was, sports were kind of his life. Um, he grew up outside Chicago in a sort of affluent community, but he himself was not. And I think that did shape who he was. He was like the lower middle-class kid in a community where a lot of kids went to summer camps away and you know he went to the local camp and so he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder his parents were divorced at a time when that wasn't very common and um he also was was chubby and he was you know called like fat man singer but he was real well liked he had a big personality that was sort of his thing from early on just laughed and loud we'll be right back For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency creates personalized anti-aging formulas that smooth fine lines, lighten dark spots, and improve the appearance of dark circles. Each formula is tailored to you and prescribed by a licensed dermatology provider. Formulas are customized with clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than retinol. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. You know, specifically, Sarah grew up in Chicago in a part of town called Lincolnwood. And so, you know, like many other cities there's a in the country, right, there's, there's a gap between the haves and the have-nots. There's a real divide there. The socias and the greasers, the, the sharks and the jets, the country clubs and QAnon? I don't know. Uh, the Ivankas and the Tiffany's. Big disparity. <laughs> oh, sad, sad for them. Uh, in Lincolnwood in the late 60s, though, and 70s, there were the Wooder kids who lived in the upscale Jewish neighborhood. A lot of professionals there and nearby Morton Grove or the Grovers. So it was the Wooders versus the Grovers. Really doesn't have the same kind of like, you know, ring to it as the Sochas and the Greasers, though, does it? It's a very bad. It's the worst West Side story ever. <laughs> <laughs> Lakas versus kielbasas. Okay, so the the Grovers had more (laughs) Italian and Polish immigrants and were not as well off as the Wooders. Singer, though, who lived with his mom and sister and stepfather, his parents divorced when he was seven and they lived in a row house in Lincolnwood. And many of the kids that he went to school with, like other Wooders, were in fancy apartment buildings. So imagine that. Singer... A self-conscious kid was, in effect, a wino, a wooder in name only. <laughs> he tried to <laughs> portray himself. I've, I'm thinking these things up, guys. This is like gold. And the people of Chicago, if you're out there and you're angry, let me know. FrostersLPN at gmail.com, at Cena Now. Let's do it. So, I mean, Singer really tried to portray himself with more confidence in school, but I guess everyone saw through it, kind of like the Barry Minkow. He didn't really get invited, you know, over to to play and stuff. And so while he was Jewish, yes, and friends say that religion was not a big thing in their house, Singer didn't go to Hebrew school. He, you know, and remember, if you're if you're Jewish, you're in the Jewish community. And at 13, kids have bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, benai mitzvahs if you're if you're twins. But Singer never had a bar mitzvah. Now, if you're not Jewish, this may not, you know, come across, but it's a big fucking deal to have a bar mitzvah. You got to have a bar mitzvah. And the thing is, if you don't have a lot of money, you know, the, the bar mitzvah is this big, opulent kind of party. Yeah. And if you if your Jewish family doesn't have like a ton of money, but you still have a bar mitzvah, then that's how I end up performing uh, at a house in Tenafly, New Jersey. <laughs> 
how many was it a standing room sellout crowd at oh, that synagogue oh yes it's called improper booking is, is what that when they go <laughs> justin the great jewish comedian justin williams will do <laughs> this bar mitzvah. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Justin Williamstein. Uh, mazel tov to the young to the young man now to the, <laughs> the new man. <laughs> I want to give a big shout out to Avi. You got a big future ahead of you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so even if the kids don't make a big thing about it, right? They don't make a big thing about the bar mitzvah. As a kid, and you see this stuff happen around you, it still is going to get to you. So, but how do how do we know that, right? And and two things. He didn't talk about his family or where he came from much. And he was notorious for embellishing stories to make himself look more important than he was. Again, we're in this minkow kind of place now. He was ashamed of his father, always tried to make himself look bigger than he was because he didn't. He had a deficit that he was trying to make up for at home. In Singer's senior yearbook, and I love these. these I wish I could have the senior yearbook of every fraudster we cover. He said, I would like to be remembered for the outstanding personality I have been given and being able to get along with others. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, that was uh, Ed Larson from The Brighter Side and LPN, uh, who is our Rick Singer for this series. But didn't Jeffrey Dahmer have a similar entry in his yearbook, though? No, he actually said, I love ribs. Not going to tell you which kind, though. <laughs> But even as a young person, Singer was willing his success into existence. Talk about manifesting. Let's uh, listen to Jennifer again. You know, he would he would tell a friend, um, like, I'm going to be rich someday. Uh, you know, everybody's going to see. I'm going to have a great big house. Uh, he decided at one point to lose weight um, right before high school. So he gets on one of those like wrestling suits and he runs around the track in the heat and he just transforms himself. So he he was very good at figuring out like, you know, he was almost frenetic and has stayed with him his whole life. I'm going to be somebody else. I can be whatever I want to be. He was driven to prove other people uh, wrong about him. Um, he was also a... A big trait about him is that he was just a huge exaggerator. He would say, you know, if he if he hit a double, he'd say he hit a home run. And it was that kind of thing. And everybody knew it. And it was kind of harmless. And then he graduates high school and he went to University of Arizona with some friends and he he dropped out. He told people that he had some financial problems and his father was sick. And then he kind of bounces around to, to colleges. He goes to community college and um, and then kind of a, a smaller school in Texas. And he was they, he was always getting recognized for sports. He played baseball. He played basketball. So he was the, the main thing. If you talk to anybody he went to college with was like guy was just so competitive. They would have pickup games. He uh, he was at a school in Texas and he would just be throwing elbows at people. It's just like a fun little game. He left there by the time he graduated from college and finally got his degree. He was almost 26 years old. So he, he didn't have the kind of smooth path that a lot of kids who he counseled had and were set up for. So it was kind of an interesting, interesting thing. He had a little bit of a hard scrabble upbringing, sort of had obviously a lot of talent and obviously was super bright, but he didn't have, you know, it wasn't, nothing was ever quite enough for him. So that was the defining trait about Rick Singer. He hyper competitive, loved to win and always wanted more. 
I'd also add in, he was quite charismatic, right? So people either loved or hated him, but those who liked him said part of what they liked about him was that he wasn't super polished, right? He was pretty blunt. He didn't dress fancy. He was always in like a tracksuit or, you know, running sneakers, uh, even for, you know, more formal events, the best he would do is like maybe a button down, usually a polo shirt, uh, when everyone around is wearing suits and he was, he had a really good rapport with the kids. So he would be able to tell them things that their parents couldn't tell them. And that helped him when he was a basketball coach. And then later when he shifted over to becoming a college counselor, he could just get through to these kids. They trusted him. They were perhaps a little bit afraid of him sometimes. And the parents liked that he was saying, you know, I I can get these results. I can get it done. Uh, And so people just flocked to him for that, even though he didn't have these traditional credentials that a lot of other college counselors, college counselors to the rich have. I, yeah, in North Jersey, I can relate to that. We actually have a lot of men without credentials that wear track suits that are able to work out financial problems uh, for you. So, yeah, we, we've got a lot of those types around. So in college, Justin, at the University of Arizona, Singer's roommate said that he would constantly be running, working out, eating raisins, peanuts, and leaving his stinky ass clothes all over the place. I actually had a roommate in college that did this. It was unreal. Couldn't go downstairs in the house we lived in. It was unbelievable. And he loved Wendy's $1.99 unlimited salad bar. That's something we can get along with about. I I hear that. I hear that. I love that. Uh, But he wasn't doing it to be healthy, though. He just... He just legitimately loved it. I think he was on like, you know, like the Ocho Cinco diet, boxing training and Mickey D's. <laughs> you know what? Uh, besides the stinky clothing thing, I want to express admiration for this guy. When, uh, you know, when I was in college in Columbia, Missouri, I mostly ate roast beef sandwiches and drank uh, 24 packs of natural ice. Oh, Natty Ice, the high alcohol content one, too. Not even Natty Light. <laughs> yeah. We were, oof. We were beast, beast red can. Anyways, so this this isn't a man who is living a holistic, healthy life here, all right? This is a guy who is solely focused on the image he presents to the world. There's one story that stood out to me while I was researching about how he loved to drink tab. Tab? What is that even? Honestly, I don't know. It's like a it's like a soda thing. Let's you know, let's play play the commercial. like that i thought oh, wow there this was like the diet drink it was like it would make you thin but little did they know that the sugar just clogs your arteries and gives you diabetes but you'll be thinner I, it's to me it's just shocking when you hear like a ad from like the 80s because like it's just like the country was just so white back then like that was the whitest thing <laughs> i have ever heard in my life like that that might as well have been from the 50s or the 40s like that, that, that ad was so white. It sounded like a black comedian doing white people. Like it was like, <laughs> it was tab cola. We're the best and tab cola for the master race. Blonde hair, blue eyes, suburban coal to sacks. Shopping at Banana Republic is great for us. Tab cola. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Yo, at the end when they like str- like made the glass skinnier around the waist, like what? That was like a two hundred thousand dollar job right there, just to get that skinny cup going. Oh my lord, it's so strange. Anyway, so that's fucking tab. Singer would slam these things probably because he thought it would make him skinnier, uh, and he would never though throw these cans out. And so he made, he's, instead of throwing them out, he made like a pyramid out of the empty tab cans. And so good to know that making pyramids of empty drinks is a timeless college tradition, by the way. And one day his roommate comes home and there are just bees everywhere. And they were coming out of the tab cans. <laughs> Just. It's like a horror scene. It's like like a deleted scene from Candy. Man. What would you do if your roommate did that, Joe? What if you do? You walk in and you got a you you walk into a a pyramid of tab cans with bees. No, like, so we used to play beer wizard. So you would tape the cans together. Like you would drink as many as you could, and you tape every can that you drank together. And whoever had the biggest staff was was the mm. wizard. That you, what did you get if you were the wizard? Nothing, I'm sure. Uh, it was called blacked out and late to your... <laughs> late to your <laughs> econ class. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as Jennifer said, he bounced around schools. Uh, so after he dropped out of University of Arizona, he still made sure that he was always involved in sports of some kind. Uh, as a basketball teammate, one of his classmates said he was a grinder. And that he wanted to win so badly that he tried to work harder and harder. He's like that guy that's like, you know, the 12th man on the bench. And when you do put him in, like everyone cheers because he just gets one rebound or like hits an open lay. Like this guy knows he's going nowhere. Exactly. He's the guy that, you know, you know, he'll, he'll skin his knee immediately when he comes in. He'll dive for the ball. He's getting 90 seconds of playing time, but he's going hard for it. And he's like the loudest guy on the bench. That's Rick Singer. I mean, he is he is going hard. He is the hustler. And I, I am all for that. I love to hustle, too. I like not being the best player on the court and trying as hard as I possibly can. It kind of makes it more fun. But... He really wanted to win. I never really gave a shit about winning. He really wanted to win. And one of the things I think he realized was that he wasn't going to win as a player. He was going to win as a coach. And that's where he started to find his niche. He studied the game so much because he had to. He had to find a way to win that wasn't the normal way. And I think he also wanted to lead and and be looked up to. There's a sense of status that he seems to be lacking in his life and that he keeps on chasing. One of the things I love there is that the motivations that he had and the kind of early life lying that he did is such an amazing through line of all of our fraudsters. And a lot of them, like Barry Minko, uh, the ZZZ Best guy, he wore a suit in high school. And he was trying to be a salesman in high school. He paid a girl to go on a date with him so that people would know that, you know, he was cool and stuff like that. In your book, you mentioned uh, Singer was triggered by goals. They were like drugs to him. What did you mean by that? It sounds like he was very motivated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, we, we talked with uh, people who worked for Rick Singer and he just got he they said that he was all he was almost like a gambler. And he couldn't stop going back and he would he'd get somebody into school um, and that was fine. But he wasn't going to he didn't want to lose. It wasn't about he, he started to become more and more successful and he started to make good money. I mean, he was charging a lot of money for the time 
And he could have become very wealthy just being a legitimate college counselor. Maybe not very wealthy, but he could have had a very nice life. But he just kept getting wealthier and wealthier. But we couldn't find any evidence that he took vacations, that he ate out, that he went to parties, that he bought nice clothes. I mean, the man just wore like track suits. He would go in his, he had a nice car, but he'd sleep in it sometimes on appointments. He spent his night swimming at the, at the local pool. He was always getting invited to parties. I mean, his motivation was money in that money was a sign that he'd won, but it wasn't to live large. He's like the villain of season three of Fargo, VM Varga. He's just like a man <laughs> in a $200 suit that swallows everything around him. I, I mean, but even as a teammate, though, he had this weird way of like motivating people. And I think he'd be on the sidelines screaming at teammates, calling them wimps, saying, Hey, you suck at free throws. And my personal favorite, you can't hit a lamp. What a great teammate. <laughs> uh, I love that Eddie's doing this. It makes him like a fucking regular Bobby Knight. Want a play that I'm getting the fuck out of here. I mean, if you're not going to recover Greg Graham, if you're just going to let him drive by it, if the rest of you are going to let him catch the ball outside the three-second lane and drive all the way in here without one guy challenging him, then I'm leaving and you fucking guys will run till you can't even suffer. Now, hey, I'm tired of this shit. I'm sick and fucking tired of an 8-10 record. I'm fucking tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here to fuck around this week. Now, you may be, but I'm not. Now, I'm going to fucking guarantee you that if we don't play up there Monday night, you ain't going to believe the next four fucking days. Now, I am not here to get my ass beat on Monday. Now, you better fucking understand that right now. This is absolute fucking bullshit. Now, I'll fucking run your ass right into the ground. I mean, I'll fucking run you. You'll think last night was a fucking picnic. I had to sit around for a fucking year with an 8 and 10 record in this fucking lane. And I mean, you will not put me in that fucking position again, or you will goddamn pay for it like you can't fucking believe. <laughs> this, by the way, I think this audio has traumatized producer Hazel over and over and over again. So Hazel, we appreciate your efforts here. I love it. Either that is a uh, audio clip of uh, Hall of Fame University of Indiana coach Bobby Knight coaching. Uh, or uh, my voicemail to Verizon customer service. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently his unofficial coaching hit its peak, though, when he was a senior in college. And he was captain. This is, I love this story. He's captain of this intramural football, uh, flag football league, right? And so you may think flag football, how intense could it possibly be? It's intramural. It's not NCAA. It's people getting together, running around, grabbing flags, then grabbing ass afterwards when you get drinks. That's flag football. Well, there were no pads and full blocking. And if you know anything about that, I mean, that's really where it turns the volume up on the whole thing. And intramural football was actually more popular than the basketball team. And hundreds of people came to the championship. And mainly it was the frats that dominated, but Singer wasn't in a frat. He cobbled together a team of people that weren't affiliated with a frat and formed a team on his own. (laughs) Did he longest yard this thing? 
Dude, pretty much. I mean, yeah, he he's not as smooth as Burt Reynolds or Sandler, but he screamed at everybody. They even called themselves etc. because they were a ragtag group of non-frat boys. But but get this. They actually got to the championship to face off against the dreaded Omega Phi fraternity. Singers Q, call and plays, talking shit. And are you ready? For the first time in 10 years, a non-frat wins the flag football championships. He's a hero. And like any good borderline sociopath, Singer says in his post-game interview, this was a team effort. There's no I in the word team. I mean, if that is not a red flag of that someone you got to be worried about. I mean, it's like when they pull a quote from like, you know, a movie, like a Disney movie. You're like, that's not what he really feels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is no I in the word team. But in the words of Jeffrey Dahmer, there is meat. <laughs> <laughs> Fraudsters will be right back after a quick ad break. Please listen. This is how we eat. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency creates personalized anti-aging formulas that smooth fine lines, lighten dark spots, and improve the appearance of dark circles. Each formula is tailored to you and prescribed by a licensed dermatology provider. Formulas are customized with clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than retinol. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. man worked right i mean while he was a coach at encina he took an assistant coaching job at sierra college he also ran a lunchtime intramural program at arden junior high school and get this dude he even had a side vending machine business he just put vending machines up in different places i what is what who does that (laughs) Who just gets into the vending machine yeah, business so as weird. like their just fourth job? Machines places. We should try that. I mean, we should put fraudsters <laughs> yeah. vending machines in places and just like have tab cola in them. 
old, old nasty expired tap. <laughs> but this man was truly a freight train of fraud. Every interview he embellished, every job application he lied on, on the court was the really the only place he was honest. And that was because he was just being a maniac. By 1992, Singer was out of work as a basketball coach. And I mean, honestly, thank God. But he saw something. He knew that kids were being molded early to become basketball players for elite schools. They needed to be mentored and guided on how to prepare themselves to get into college. And they needed the right people to know at the colleges. You're really trying hard not to say grooming there, weren't you? Was was it obvious? Was it obvious? It's you can't say that word anymore. <laughs> the same the same way he was able to strategize on the basketball court or the intramural football team. He saw weaknesses that he could exploit. In this case, he saw huge demand for helping kids get into college. Parents were desperate to get kids into school. And the students were desperate to make their parents happy. Uh Uh-oh. And at many schools, there just weren't enough guidance counselors to help... (laughs) Just say groom if you want to. I think our audience will be okay with it. I don't want to say... Okay, fine. These children needed to be groomed. Oh, you son of a bitch. You disgust me. (laughs) So... Oh, God. This is, you know, this is all going to get taken out of context. It's just going to be me on repeat saying these children need to be groomed. These children need to be groomed. These children needed to be groomed. (laughs) And it's going to be the downfall of our show. We're going to be headlining the Parlor Podcast Festival in 2024. It's going to be great. (laughs) So now, folks, we're going to leave you here with Rick Singer, the helpful college coach. Next week, we'll get into his rise and the side door that he would be made famous for. Fraudsters is a production of Zero Cool Media and Last Podcast Network. Hazel Bryan produced this episode. Ian Brannon is our editor. Our associate producer is Anna Laranaga. Emily Fusco is our researcher. Our legal intern, big thanks, Gregory Fingerhut. Our theme music is by Simon Tafik. And music in this episode was composed by Chris Olson. And also a huge thank you to Jennifer Levitz and Melissa Korn for speaking to us for this series. You'll be hearing more from them in the next few episodes. In the meantime, get their fantastically entertaining book, Unacceptable. I listened to it as an audiobook first and couldn't turn it off. See you next time. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.